Genetically altered mutants are everywhere. No place, not even your own home, is safe. Senator Kelly knows this better than anyone. He stands ready to fight for human preservation. Well, I don't condone violence, but I do condone people feeling safe in their own homes. Support Senator Kelly. Our future depends on it. Well, I open these hearings today proud to be a senator from the freest nation on Earth. A nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. But what our forefathers could not foresee was a nation where we are no longer created equal. And that is why I am calling for the immediate passage of the Mutant Registration Act. It will make our country a safer place for your families and mine. We interrupt this program for a message from the Brotherhood of Mutants. Podcasts. Since the inception, people believe that there are shows for everyone out there. That anyone can find the right one for them. That podcasts are created equally. But my brothers and sisters, we now know this to be untrue. They'll want to make you think that James Bond podcasts are no more worthy than shows that discuss other topics. Do not let them poison your mind like that, my brethren. We know the magnetic and undeniable charm of Bond Podcasts, and it is that same magnetism and charm that shall enable us to rise above the common fray. We are the future, not them. So let us show them what we're made of by discussing the James Bond phenomenon from Fleming to the films and everything in between. XNN News has learned that these historic proceedings will include startling revelations about people with advanced genetic powers and stunning footage of the fabled mutants known as the X-Men. Welcome to the James Bond Complex. 
a podcast that discusses the entire James Bond phenomenon from Fleming to film and everything in between. And today, we are talking about the mutant cause. I am Matnito. You think so, bub? <laughs> I'm the best at what I do. But what I do isn't very nice. I'm Wolverine. You, 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 you're Wolverine? I want to shoot me? Shoot me! <laughs> what a future... Wolverine, not them. They no longer matter. So, uh, yes, I'm we're looking we're... for hope, Eric. <laughs> so we're doing. Uh, yeah, my name's Matt. I'm Edgar, and yeah, we were taking a slight detour um, because of two things. Um, um, I think we both more or less enjoy certain superhero movies. We do enjoy certain superhero movies. I enjoy superhero movies, but to some more than others. And um, there's the benefit of uh, the, uh, well, we're talking about the X-Men, that they have multiple, multiple links to the James Bond franchise. Um, so yeah, we're <laughs> we're covering uh, the X-Men, because Ali Berry is in Die of the Day, Famke Jensen is in GoldenEye, and so is, uh, what's his name, Alan, Alan Cumming. Cumming, yeah. And Michael came and actually did the music. Uh, those are the main ones. If there are other links where we're missing, uh, missing maybe some some people who work on the stunts Camp, or Camp X outside Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they shot there. I don't think they shot <laughs> no, there. No, it's it would have been funny. It would have been funny. Um, mm. So yeah, they actually also shot in Toronto, which is Earth, the sort of Earth turf by extension. Mm. It's, it's it's more Jeff's turf. It's more Jeff's turf. That's right. Alex's turf. Yeah. And, uh, Iman's turf and uh, a lot of people's turf actually in the community. Yeah. The Bolden's turf. <laughs> uh, so it's not our, our turf. No, at it's all. not our turf at all. It's, we have nothing to do. With <laughs> we, we went there twice. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But yeah, uh, I I remember that movie coming out in two thousand. <laughs> It's a, mm. it's a movie I was super excited about. Do you, you remember your impression of the movie? Or of I remember going to see it. I, I remember that summer, because that's the summer of the uh, Shaft, the, the first Sam Jackson Shaft uh, movie comes out. Now, what's my name? Shaft! You're damn right. And, uh, and I remember... Uh, because I owned some X-Men comics. I wasn't like an X-Men comic reader per se. I wouldn't, nobody would have described me as an X-Men reader, but I, I did have some uh, and I enjoyed them. I was always a big Wolverine fan. I was always a big uh, Gambit fan. Um, I, obviously, you know, 2000, I'm not the man I am today. It's t literally, it is the film's 20th anniversary. Uh, you know, I don't know who Brian Singer is. I don't know who these actors are. I No, I know who Patrick Stewart is because I'd seen some uh, TNG, but uh, but other than that, I don't really know who these actors are. I know, uh, I, I knew Patrick Stewart. I knew Ella Berry. And I knew Famke Jensen because of... Oh, that's true. Yeah, but I, you know what? I don't even think I'd done like the link really that, oh, it's the girl from GoldenEye. Like, oh, I like, knew because I, I was uh, in love with Wuthering GoldenEye. I you was, still are. I still am. This time, Mr. Bond, the pleasure will be all mine. Um, so, yeah, no, it's in, I remember going there, uh, going there <laughs> to the cinema. Um, because they were popular back then, and uh, yeah, I <laughs> they remember, existed back yeah, then. I remember thinking it was not quite what I was expecting. Uh, but then again, I'm I'm the summer of two thousand. How old am I? I'm 
I'm 16 in the summer of 2000. I'm 30. So I don't know what my expectations were, but I remember leaving thinking, oh, that was different. That wouldn't, that didn't play out the way I thought it would. Yeah. It's, it's, honestly, I was a gap the entire time I was watching the movie. I was like, wow, it is a smaller picture. It's an hour and 45 minutes, which I, I appreciate. (laughs) I'm, and on these bloated three-hour epic that, you know, you, you get out of the theater and you need to use a walker because your butt is numb. I, 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 I can do without, especially sometimes it's just overlonged like action sequence that don't end and don't necessarily move the story forward. This one is pretty tight. It's There's a lot of practical effects, which you appreciate. I'm, 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 I was amazed that there's some miniature in there. There are a lot of physical effects. There's not that much... A lot of wire work, like the well, Sabretooth and Wolverine fights. There's a lot of wire yeah. work going on there. Not the most epic warrior work they're not very like it's it's very sloppy you can see that they're not um super comfortable i uh, uh especially magneto looks like he's like a bit of befuddled old man <laughs> strung up on wires i think he's a, no i mean i think he's an old he's a pro mckellen i think he does a good enough job though. he doesn't look like um he, he looks uncomfortable and okay. sort of puzzle interesting I, okay that's not the vine by god so it's, it's it's more to me it's 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 more in the second one the first one it's not that bad because he doesn't fly around that much but it's it's honestly i remember my people's mind in, in 2000 because it, it's a few years after batman and robin spawn mm-hmm. um and you blade blade and this is you know people expect uh, are more tolerant today when it comes to superior costumes, their garish colors, and like they make a joke in the movie when, oh, what do you expect? Yellow spandex? Mm-hmm. It's a joke like, ha ha ha, people left in 2000, but today, yeah, people want to see the yellow spandex. Oh, yeah, whenever, I mean, I think it's pretty much official, the X Men will be in the MCU. Whenever that happens, Wolverine's wearing yellow spandex. Oh, I mean. of course. Uh, honestly, I, 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 I when I saw the costumes, I remember the reaction online and people like gay biker outfits was pre- the, the, the predominant uh, comment. You can still, if you know where to look, I think it's on Ain't It Cool News. They had like a board. Yeah, way back then. You can, it's still there. I, I saw it. I, I went back to check it and people are like, ah, that little piece of beep is not Wolverine referring to Hugh Jackman because Hugh Jackman... If memory serves, he was cast pretty late in the game. Like they had already, had already started shooting, and uh, what's his name? The guy from Mission. Oh, the guy, yeah, the guy who eventually does Mission Possible too. Right, well, like he the was worst stuck. career choice ever. It's it's not. <laughs> he got screwed over because he was shooting Mission Impossible too, and the mission MI two went over time, um, and he had to drop out of X Men. Oops. Oops. It kind of like. He doesn't doesn't really have a much of a career after that. Like he kind of look where Hugh Jackman is now. Like, uh, he probably looks at Hugh Jackman's career and just like could it be me? It could have been Although me. to be to be fair, no, I I don't know the actor in in Mission Impossible two very well. Uh, full disclosure, but to be fair, I think it, it goes beyond Hugh Jackman being iconic for Wolverine. I mean, it, it's. Hugh Jackman, the personality, Hugh Jackman, the man, is also like, no. very popular. And, you know, he's just like, who does anybody not like Hugh Jackman? Like, <laughs> so, like, that helps, too. But, yes, the career could have been quite different. <laughs> and it's it's amazing because the X-Men comic book characters, they didn't cast... 
unnecessarily for the like, like Wolverine doesn't look like Hugh Jackman in the comics. He's like five he's foot, shorter, yeah, he's short. five foot three. Although the uh, hair is pretty good. The hair is good. The hair is good. They're, they don't they don't go overboard with it. Sometimes it just looks like he has like ridiculous sideburns, uh, but sometimes he looks a little bit more wolfy. It's especially in the sequel, I find they they really went with pointy. Yeah, he he doesn't seem to have the same. Even though it's presumably one motorbike ride from the mansion to northern Alberta, but at the end of X one and the beginning of X two, it feels like he decided to stop off to, at a, in a washroom and change hairdos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and when you know the other characters, Ali Berry was, you know, she was on the verge of becoming like a legit like uh respectable actress i should say you said you knew who already where did you know her from the flintstones cover magazines wow i have no recollection of she's uh <laughs> i love that she in the flintstones movie she plays a character named sharon stone <laughs> <laughs> this is my kind of joke so <laughs> <laughs> oh you you should rewatch that movie it's filled with those good i will then <laughs> John Goodman and what's his face? Uh, um, Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of his last movies. Pretty solid casting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I knew her from that. I think she was in like a couple, like it's a name I knew, but mostly because she's hot. I'm not going to lie. She, she, she was, we and saw John Wick in New York last year. Still hot. Still John hot. Wick still hot. Like, she, she, she is uh, smoking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I knew her, I knew Famke Jensen. Um, Anna Paquin, I think I knew from reputation because she was in like The Pianist and she, had, okay. she, 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 I think she's the youngest Academy uh, Award winning actress of all time. She was 14 when she won her, her award. The from, Pianist, isn't that later? Oh, no, it's earlier. She was like a baby when she the made Roman that Roman Polanski film? No, 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 no. It's not. It's, it's another uh, the pian- uh, piano player, I think. Oh, okay, it's, okay, okay. I might, it's a piano movie okay. with, uh, what's his face? Uh, it was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Um, Steve Buscemi? <laughs> no, the other one. Mr. White. Oh, Harvey Keitel. Uh, Harvey Keitel. Um, so I, I, I knew those actors. I knew Yan, well, I knew Patrick Stewart because of TNG. Yan McKellen, I think I knew of reputation. He, he had just won some acclaim uh, for a movie about the director of the two Fra- first Frankenstein movie. Oh. Um, the, the name escapes me, but I, I knew uh, of Gods and Monsters or something. Yes, like that. Gods yeah. and Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's a cast that. You know they they went they don't didn't go for stars didn't cast uh, Jack Nicholson they didn't cast Arnold Schwarzenegger they they casted people who were good actors yeah it's like they, for the elder statesman on the villain side and the hero side they went for um, almost regal classically trained very talented actors with reputations and for our main heroes and villains they sort of went with non-popular actors but the best ones for the roles except for the villains the villains they really went for a step above stuntmen like yeah, a, Rebecca a, Ma- a wrestler and darth maul yeah <laughs> and rebecca roman who just i mean hey, I, hey, hey, no no but i love great actress now I, I actually she's a solid actress she she but when she was first cast and this, I think she had done a cover shoot where she was painted for like six hours, and that's pretty much why. Like, oh, you look good, like half naked, and 
you're able to get painted for like yeah. six hours. You're hired. You're hired. And she looks great. She looks fantastic. I mean, Mystique is one of the, for all sorts of reasons I'm sure we'll get into, but uh, Mystique is one of the highlights of this movie. Uh, she did. And she, she her role was expanded because like the, 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 when they saw what she looked like, they were like, oh my God. Well, those scales, <laughs> maybe they put like... Uh, the scales, scales, like the, the outfits, because as, as the franchise progressed and uh, the, the character was recast, eventually it's just a body, body suit that they just like uh, sort of smudged mm-hmm. the edges with the computer paint. <laughs> oh, not even real paint. No computer, everything, everything. After the second uh, Jennifer Lawrence appearance, it's 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 a bodysuit that you know she's what? wearing. I'm a big I'm a big Jennifer Lawrence fan. I I think she's a fantastic actress. I really sincerely believe that. I'm a big fan of Jennifer Lawrence. Having said that, because I don't, there's no guarantee that we're going to go through all the X Men movies. But uh, I think at some point, maybe not all of them have James Bond links. So I'll get this out of the way. I like Rebecca. Roman Roman Stamos, way better than Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique, and Jennifer Lawrence is pound for pound a better actress. But I like Rebecca Stamos way more as Mystique. I think she's well, she's a villain. She, I don't know. She the, the other one. They they, they have her. It, it's it's more interesting to have her as a villain or than as I'm a good guy. I'm a bad guy. I'm a good. Guy. I don't know. I just I, and I haven't seen the last one. I've seen the. Neither I. I first three apocalypse ap- 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 <laughs> no pun intended apocalypse was the end for me like, <laughs> i don't need any more of these i'm good you know? the, uh, the yeah rebecca roman is a vision but it's only later on that i saw a movie and i'm like because in the comic she doesn't look like that she's wearing a, like a white dress and mm, has a skull mm. on her belt mm, and mm. uh it's a movie i saw a few years ago um Night, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one. At one point, there's a character called Trash, and she's this, this uh, sort of busty babe uh, punk with flamboyant red hair. And she eventually, at one point in the movie, she strips down completely butt naked, and she's dancing. And eventually, she she's attacked by zombies and turns into a zombie herself. So it's a naked zombie mm-hmm. with red hair but when she she turns into a zombie her skin becomes really really bluish gray and i'm like this is like brian singer saw that somebody something worked on that movie saw that because that's more uh oh, well, maybe somebody who made that movie read some x-men comics to, to be fair <laughs> but because uh... uh, like i said she doesn't she doesn't look like that at all like the so I don't know. That's a theory I came up with because it's it's striking. The resemblance are when I'll show you some screen grabs after we're done. But it's amazing how much the, she looks more like movie mystics looks like uh, trash from Return of the Living Dead. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my. But the other the other guys you get you got Darth Maul who like like a, has three lines in the movie. Quit playing around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you paper ever die? Don't you people ever die? Not good lines either. Oh, no, they're terrible lines. I will say this. I'm sure we'll get into the good stuff, uh, but um, dialogue's a little, at times, and not not the, the whole film. I actually do think some, some exchanges are, are quite good in the movie, but at times the dialogue is like, I feel like once they're trying, once the dialogue is trying to either be funny, quirky, or show a little bit of attitude, it's really not good in this movie. It's really not good. <laughs> the, the, you know who worked on the, the script for that movie? 
actually there's like apparently there's like three lines of a, of a script one of them uh that's left over uh and it makes no sense one i'll explain to you why it would have worked if they kept more or less the idea behind it um the line is do you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning Same let's see is everything else do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning Same thing that happens to everything else. Well, that's uh, that's a line from uh, one uh, Josh Whedon. Okay. But the thing is that throughout the script, originally what he had is Toad was like, oh, you know what happens when blah, blah, this happens. And he was repeat, like that was sort of his quirk. He was explaining things to people. And at the end, it's Storm that says, oh, do you know? Like, so, it they would... kept, so they kept the counter punchline, but not any of the previous punchlines. Exactly. <laughs> like it makes no sense. But, you know, I, it, okay. and they, they rejected this as a script because it, they said, oh, it's too, there's too much pop culture referencing. Yeah, well. <laughs> and that's pretty much what the Avengers, like the Avengers that we got mm. would have been the X-Men that we we, 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 we would have gotten that right. this script. Completely. Well, I mean, I think I think we got the event, the first Avengers film. I think we got that at the right time. It, it worked. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that movie. I do like it a lot. Uh, but I'm I'm very, very happy because I hadn't seen these two. You know, we're talking about the first two movies today. Uh, I hadn't seen them in a good few years. Oh my god! I, I think I haven't seen the the, uh, the 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 first ones in the first one in fifteen years, and mm. probably it's around the same thing for the second one. The, like I since the third one, I never went back. I, I don't know if I never went back, but um, it was a very very nice revisit this week. It was a rem- it was a reminder of what. A comic book movie can be when through a different prism than the Disney slash MCU. And this is not a podcast where we're going to bash on Disney MCU. I, I like the MCU. I think they're very enjoyable. But you can still tell that it's most of them, if not all of them, you can, those little hints are there that it's all through the same prism. They're all sort of the same thing, kind of, sort of. Uh, and then like, you watch X1 and X2 for the first time in 10, 15, 12 years, and you're like, whoa, right. You can do something completely different with a comic book movie. You know? Especially uh, coming after, like I said, I, I want to str- like, remember, remind people, this is after the debacle of Batman and Robin, Spawn, Steel. Like, I never saw that. Don't. It's horrible. <laughs> it's boring. It's POS. Uh, is but Spawn good? Spawn... <sighs> It's no and yes. Okay. Like the yes effects. Yes and no. <laughs> Sigma fruit, Sigma fruit. Uh, there are things I like. John Leguizano. Uh, yeah, I haven't like it's another movie I haven't seen it since it came out. Okay. But at the time, I'm like, like it's at the time it was a perfect movie for a 13 year old kid. I mean, even though I was older than that, my mindset can regress. At the time, couldn't regress at 13 so years old. I'm, I'm a mutant. <laughs> it's my superpowers. I can regress my mind. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think it aged 
well at all and okay. it's a but the, the thing is that the, the the movies of that era were really wanted spectacle and not mm. really strong stories and you watch the batman movies and they have no plot it's just well, especially set, piece, set, one, piece, yeah. set piece set piece set piece action it's very colorful but there's nothing to it there's there's no plot it really is just bells and whistles yeah so that they they really went another they, they wanted to uh, have a more realistic approach it was the batman mm. begins of its time basically but for yeah. for the entire genre and they, they that's why i think they stayed away from the colorful costumes even the when they, they have fights they're very they're not that spectacular you don't like when storm flies like everyone looks a little bit uncomfortable when they're flying there they, they don't look like i can master my my my, my powers they, everything it, it's it's a bit of a sloppy movie i mean the production would rush they started september they finished shooting in in march and the movie was released in july uh, that's a quick turnaround For a movie as quote big as this one yeah it's pretty bad that's because really there's there's a video on the dvd i i, I wish i had my original dvd I, I sold that thing years ago but you had brian singer finding out that yeah the studio said uh you know your movie like i think he, he had like shot for a couple weeks and there was a change in the schedule i think spielberg was supposed to make a minority report but he switched and he made the ai instead it left it left a hole in their schedule so they said Oh, Brian, your movie that's coming out, that was supposed to come at Christmas, uh, it comes out this summer. And Singer said, oh, cool, next summer, fine, I'll leave us time. No, 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 you don't understand. Summer in eight months. <laughs> this summer. And he was like, like you see, he, like he loses color in his face and it's, it, <laughs> he doesn't look like a happy, he just, like, mm. it just looks like he, he peed himself. Mm. It's funny that that happened to the first X-Men movie because I know one of the great behind the scenes story of first class is a change of director extraordinarily late in the game and they bring Matthew Vaughn in mm -hmm. and that movie ends up being really good too so maybe they need to uh, maybe they need to F things up real bad on an X movie, then you get a good one. <laughs> <laughs> From what I read, the I think I don't know if it, it was Rothman, but I think the name is Tim Rothman or Tom Rothman. He didn't really like the X Men and or science fiction in general. I think he was in charge then, or he was in charge later, and he basically like didn't care about the franchise, and he kind of screwed them over. His big reason why X Men Three is that terrible is because he, he didn't care just like give him some money and hire brett ratner like Ratner. Right. But, but back to the first one um but it, the thing is that it, it you know it, it starts you know it, it, and it, i think it sets up the world and the entire x-men universe the the fox x-men universe they start in a concentration camp via canada Th that's that opening scene tells us everything about this world yeah mutants have been here for a while they've right under our noses they're extremely powerful they can show their powers when they're very young they are prosecuted just like eric lencher as a drew was prosecuted like it's it tells us everything we need to know it, it is one of the great opening scenes in, mm. in, in any sort of comic book movie or, or big spectacle movie it is a it tells us everything you you know what do you need to know i don't i know nothing about the x-men watch these two minutes you know everything you need to know and it's yeah it's commentary on on, on class on 
on, on discrimination. Discrimination. Like I, I, I think it's a well-known fact that Brian Singer is a, a gay man. I think that's why he, he was uh, attracted to this uh, series. So was Ian McKellen for that so was, Yes. Uh, and I think Anna Paquin's bisexual. Like, there's a lot of uh, gay or queer actor that worked on the the, the series eventually. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 amazing that you can start the super movie in a concentration camp and mass audiences accepted it for it, what it is. And it's not done in a garish way. It's not done in a tasteless way because it could have been done. It's sort of a mm. B movie. No, it's 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 high production value. It just looks. It like like you turn it black and white and it looks like a something from uh, mm. Schindler's List. Like it, mm. it ex extremely well done, and it sets the tone. Not only does that opening scene, I feel, anyways, not only does it um, inform us about the world. What's the universe of the X Men like? It sets the tone to a great degree. I find for the rest of the film. I uh, know we're not going to review the whole franchise, the whole Fox franchise, on this episode, but. With respect to X1, um, you were saying it's a science fiction film. Uh, there were scenes that, to me, almost it almost came across as a horror movie at times, which was funny because right now in cinemas, there's like a horror X-Men movie playing, and apparently it's not very good, and I was watching this on my, on my glorious projector on the wall <laughs> behind you, and, um, and there are like two or three scenes in this movie where I'm like... Oh, this is the horror X-Men movie. You didn't need to make another one. It's right here. Uh, it's quite something. It's quite something. Scream from me. Scream for me. Scream for me. The senator who turns into oh. water, and it's like... Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And the scene when he he's escaping is bizarre, and uh, uh, Magneto is terrifying, and, and it's it's really quite... And yeah, Sabretooth is frightening. He's frightening as hell. It's, it's, he, I, I, well, to, he is comical and frightening at the same time. the eyes. But yeah, the eyes, the like, the, there, there's something just disgusting about like the black eyes that he has. But it's just, he, he looks silly in it. The, the outfits sometimes just look like costumes. They don't look like clothes. And sometimes they look like clothes. Like Magneto, from like has clothing throughout the movie. He only wears the the the, the mm. costume at yeah. certain times. Um, but like Mystique, while well, she's naked, Toad is sort of wearing a, an outfit but it's the same like outfit throughout but Sabretooth looks like I'm wearing my sort of uh, trapper's um, <laughs> outfit because yeah. it looks like he's wearing pelts all over yeah. his body it's like you, you could you could have dressed him a little bit better but I like Tyler Main because he's freaking tall he's not a very good actor but he's an impressive spe human specimen like he he like i i know you're not a big fan of the uh his this take on michael myers but he's freaking imposing perhaps too much in that role i'm not a fan of rob zombie's take on michael myers i have nothing against tyler main but yeah no he's a he's imposing when you're, you're casting him against wolving and that's the thing the the, the the villains except for magneto aren't really characters, they're really goons. Like, mm. Mystique is a bit more memorable because of her physical assets, but 
Tyler Main, when he's recast later on, they recast uh, the, the the role of Sabretooth with the uh, Shining, uh, <laughs> Leif Schreiber. Leif Schreiber, who's a fantastic actor. Nobody. But what does that have to do with Sabretooth? Nobody. Well, he's much. He's he's actually playing a character in the other movies. He's just a goon. He's not really a character but at the same time this is an hour and 45 minutes you can't go through all the details like you have to understand that character right away what's what's told it's 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 a character with eats with, birds that eat birds saber it's a big guy with 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 talons on, on his fingers yeah you have to like hmm. get, get them quickly they're not important yeah they're completely superficial no, even some of the heroes like storm she makes lightning yeah no storm's not important in this movie Cyclops is not important. Cyclops is, uh, so, and that's the thing that I think most X Men comic book X Men fans complain is that of the like Wolverine is super developed, but uh, Patrick Stewart's character, Ian uh, McKellen's characters are super developed, but the rest, the peripheral X Men, are a little bit under the undeveloped side, per, perhaps too much for for some people's taste. They are, but again. Um, to bounce off a point you just shared a moment ago, it's an hour and 40 minutes. Oh. You don't have that much time. So what's your inroad? The inroad could have been Jean Grey and, and, and Scott Summers. It could have been. I'm not. We're not saying here, oh, there's no way you can make an X-Men movie where they're the focus. They chose to make the inroad. The audience, Monsieur, Madame, Tout le Monde, who has no idea what an X-Men movie is, but they want a good time at the cinema. What's their entry point? This lonely little girl this lonely teenager young adult girl and this very lonely angry man and they become friends and they discover this world this this mansion that's that's the door into and this universe that's so. one thing i i have to say that i i know they changed rogue from the comics and she's a completely different character but the relationship like it's something they've done in i think almost every successful x-men movie that had that feature wolverine he teams up with teenagers like teenage girls the second one uh and it's such a contrast this brute of a man and it has it's sort of um what's the long long wolf and cub long wolf and cub right, right like there's it's the brutal assassin well, the cub is a baby in those movies i know but it's it's still it's still more or less the same idea like the brute with like they're even doing this in Star Wars with the Mandalorian with the baby Yoda. That's pretty much the wouldn't same. That, that, yeah, that's a little bit more. I haven't watched it, but I've seen like pictures and whatever baby Yoda. But uh, I've seen I've seen the gifts <laughs> of baby Yoda. But yeah, that's that's very much lone wolf and cub. Uh, I, I I think the the bedrock. Uh, you know, there's the idea of discrimination. You know, all good stories. Most good stories are also allegories. And this is obviously yes. an allegory about discrimination. P pick your discrimination. Discrimination doesn't matter, but it's an allegory about discrimination. But as far as character goes, and where, how do you anchor this film in characterization? You know, as fantastic as Charles is, as fantastic as as Eric is, um, I, for me, there's no question that the anchor is 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 what is it? Marie and and Logan. Yeah, like they anchor this movie. Their relationship. Which, which is not romantic. That would have been weird if it was romantic. It's, it's very much. It's not father son. It's more, it's more much older brother with a much younger sister. That's what it feels like. To yes. Me. And um, I, I, I think it's played beautifully. It's. I said Mystique steals the show, and I still say that. But that's what I hold on to the most. Those moments between Marie and Logan. It's not the romance between Hugh Jackman and. Um... Femke Jensen, no. like as much as they try to make a thing of that, 
it's really Wolverine and Rogue and their their brotherly friendship, S- sibling, sibling friend. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I I like that both of them are really like Wolverine doesn't is completely apathic when uh, when it comes to the mutant like he's such an egotistical character that's just mm. like they like he doesn't have any he's, he lives in this trailer he doesn't have much in, going on mm. he goes to from and it's a great scene where you introduce him when oh, he's fighting fantastic. and it's one of those Han Solo Harrison Ford like you make a star in an instant. Mm. And that's why, like, I, I, I hate the special edition so much because they kind of ruined that moment for, for that movie. Mm. But here it's just, he's, he's backless. You don't really see his face. He gets punched, punch, punch. And he, the, the other guy gets told, don't punch him in the balls. He hates that. Right. And he punches him. And he's just like the metal ping when he gets yeah. hit. And just like, Mwah! perfect. Fantastic. Whatever you do, don't hit him in the balls. You said anything goes. Anything goes, but he'll take it personal. some uh unfortunately i didn't take note of who the cinematography cinematographer is on this film but there are some wonderful shots there's one in that same uh, later in that sequence when uh you know the barman has the the gun to to wolverine's head and 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 uh, he's being accosted by the other tough guy and there's a great shot where you can see hugh jackman's i think right eye and the, the camera's are looking at the blade sh- shooking like out of that's and there's and the movie does that a lot in this movie. It's really well shot. So, I find it's yes, yes, I would agree. Like, uh, and there's a lot of great reveals. Uh, you know, that when when you first see Magneto, he's all in silhouette, mm. and it's only when he turns around, so oh, it's Ian McKellen. There's mm. a lot of uh, stuff like that. Even when the the X Men first show up, they're sort of out of focus in the back. Um, yeah. they're, they're yes, yes, that's true. And yes. it, it, it is a moment, you know, it's it's make or break the movie. And it's it's so quick that you don't have the time to realize they're wearing really weird outfits. <laughs> and like, I wish they, you know, they they, they tried to, they, they gave him biker outfits, but I wish they, they went full mil, like military looking outfits. I wish they, they went further with the design mm. and like completely removed any... Yeah, they don't. Uh, does the the X Men outfits, the X Men uniforms, I guess we'll call them that, don't hurt the film for me. But they're so inconsequential, they're so uninspired that I I don't pay attention to them. I don't really pay. I don't, I'm not looking at what they're wearing when uh, you know it's it's not. You know, Daniel Craig walks into M's office. Wow, that's a fantastic Tom Ford suit. Like, I'm not like really paying attention to the X Men uniform. You know, it's like, yeah, well, there. I, I don't know. I had, I, I, I don't think they were particularly inspired, but I, they've done better. But for that first movie, I, I don't know. I, I would have went for a more, like, I would have taken my cue from from. Well, they're basically uh, like. Uh, Sort of uh, uh, in milice, like yeah, they're like a 
or a paramilitary operation. Yeah. And that's one thing, like... (laughs) What about body armor? Is there there body armor under that thing? I have no idea. But one thing I I was... You know, uh, it's always... uh, the thing that you wonder about the Batman, how does he pay for those like the, like know. sixteen Batmobiles? And I was like, he has like a, a military base under his his, his mansion. He has a, a Blackbird jet. That's like a billion dollar. What's fun? What's funny? I know what you mean. And what's funny is since we've had this new series of prequel films, still don't really know how he gets that money. They just like just has a mansion. He, 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 <laughs> like I've I've tried, and they always say, "Oh, he inherited like billions of dollars." But yeah, but eventually the money money runs out. Where does he? It has he has oh, to like those school fees are pretty high. <laughs> <Very parents cool. laughs> For yeah, and that's the thing. Also, like I I I don't want to taint like have you read the article i sent you about brian singer and his time making that movie when did you send that uh, a couple of weeks ago maybe not okay I'll, I'll paraphrase what's written in there in there but uh, you probably heard some of the rumors because uh, since then like a lot of yeah. things... I, I i thought we might get into this i'll, I'll let you take the mic uh, I'll, I'll, I, some like i don't want to go th- through this too much but at the same time i don't think you can avoid it because they're so the, the the x-men movies have a there, there's something creepy about the x-men you have this this billion dollar like this million billionaire that opened the school for for teenage boys and girls and he keeps them and he trains them for for his own personal army there's something extremely creepy about that. There's something like Michael Jackson creepy about that. My, to be fair, Brian Singer did not come up with the concept of the X Men. I know, I know, but he still did. <laughs> I know, he, but he made. He's the one who made the movie. But what apparently turned like the, the, like all his sets have, have been sort of troubled. There was mm. uh, he, he was mm. sued for a pupil. Oh, was uh, that? I didn't know he was sued for that. Oh, he was sued. Apparently, they, they asked uh, teenage boys to strip down and take showers and film them. That's one thing. And there's a char- like there's a character in the first X Men movie that is that has been suing for the past twenty years. Brian Singer. He's still in court. Apparently, uh, I don't remember where the, you can find the, the 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 article, but apparently, it was pretty much a uh, um, an F boy. Uh, no, but Singer himself was. Uh, yeah, uh, a jerk. I'm gonna say jerk because uh, he was really like taking. Apparently, he was very late to set. Uh, apparently, he was partying all nights, probably on drugs. I'm sure you heard about Bohemian Rhapsody. Like he didn't finish that movie. Yeah, somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but uh, somebody else. There, there are pictures movie. of him online with very very young boy, and it's it's upsetting. <laughs> I noticed. So oh, sorry. I noticed something. Not so not so much in X one. But in X2, when obviously clearly has a bigger budget to work with and can do a little bit more what he wants. Uh, I know we're not in X2 right now, but since we're talking about Brian Singer, one thing I didn't notice, because, you know, we've all seen pictures of Brian Singer. He's in interviews. I remember watching interviews on the DVDs and whatnot. And he sort of has that look. Other than, well, other than Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, and Patrick Stewart, like every dude... In, in X2 has like the Brian Singer look. The guy that plays Colossus looks like Brian Singer. The guy that plays Iceman looks like Brian Singer. There's somebody else that looks like Brian Singer. It's like they're all like clean shaven, kind of skinny and a little bit of the gel, right? That's like, I've, it's just designing them to look like themselves. 
am I wrong? Is it a subconscious thing? Sometimes we'll do things subconsciously. Like you'll see those couples and like the woman, frankly, not to be rude, just looks like a female version of the dude. But it happens subconsciously that we don't do that on purpose. I wonder if that's one of those things. Is there like there's like three or four dudes that just look like Brian Singer next to. Especially the guy that plays Iceman and the guy that plays Colossus. Yeah. They look exactly like Brian Singer. The, the, the Iceman character, yeah. Um, funny because I was watching The Boys and that actor is on The Boys playing a guy that has fire powers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thought it was funny. <laughs> um, spoiler for The Boys. Uh, I, I, you know, I, maybe, maybe. Uh, I, I saw him in person about three or four years ago. Uh, when he, Singer? Yeah, he, was, uh, he was shooting uh, X-Men Days of Future Past in Montreal and it was during Fantasia. Uh, he was entertaining. To, I remember to... that. That was a little while ago. That was about four years ago. I mean, four years ago was, I think, Apocalypse. <laughs> oh, my mistake then. How long ago was that? Oh, was 2016? A... No, 2016, I think, is Apocalypse. We've already had another one since. Days of Future Past is 2014? Yeah. Or maybe if it was for Apocalypse, it would have been Apocalypse. It, it makes more sense. It would have been Apocalypse than Days of Future Past. I, I wasn't know. there, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been it's been a long time. Uh, but anyway, he was he was talking about this time shooting in Montreal because he had just done um, the uh, Tom Cruise movie where he plays a Nazi, and he says um, he said that he like he didn't not, not a bad movie. No, it's, 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 he makes good movies. It's just apparently he's a major asshole and probably a, uh, a sexual predator. Because, like I said, the, uh, the the guy that was playing uh, Pyro in the first X Men movie, he's an extra from California that, like, basically, Brian Singer forced the studio to hire and he, to pay for him to come to set when they could have hired like some Canadian schmo. Seen the movie for like five seconds. Five seconds, because Singer was snooping him and on the side, apparently, allegedly, mm. allegedly. That article is, you know, find that article. But um, does it the entire time I was like. Is it tainting my experience of watching, knowing this, like tainting my experience of watching the movie? I, I know the X-Men predate that, and but it's, man, it's hard because Singer really left his mark on the characters. For a while, they, 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 they changed the, the, the look of the X-Men to look more like the, the film counterpart. There's a, the ultimate X-Men that came out months or a year after the first movie and it's pretty much the x-men movie oh, yeah. in comic book form from yeah. when i remember it's been years since i read those comics but i was like the entire time i was like wow the mm, is it tainting I, I don't think they're gonna go when marvel readapts the x-men they're gonna go a completely different way i think they have to they they, they have to like well that may think just because they have their own brand now, Brian Singer could have been the nicest person on the planet. I mean, they they do have, they also have their own brand, so they probably no. But that's it, also but they have the added incentive to dis distance themselves from the Fox universe. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that apparently the last movie is the worst one, and I stopped at Apocalypse because I didn't think that one was very good, anyways. Um, so, but uh, they probably have they have a lot of they have a few reasons, pretty solid yeah. reasons to not copy what the Fox universe is like. But there, there are some brilliant pieces of design, like the entire X Men basement, because that's cool. It, it, it is sleek. It is like I, I remember the the cover, the DVD. They kind of replicate the the look of the uh, mm. the X Men basement. Nice. And I like the way the movies uh, 
how they're introduced. You have the the Patrick Stewart. Uh, that's not narration. It's more of a monologue of like mutants. You know, every <laughs> once in a once in a millennia, DNA takes a leap, and then we go in, and it's a lot of special effects, and we go into the eye of the. Uh, what do they call that? The danger room or whatever? It's Cerebro. Oh, Cerebro. Excuse me. What am I talking Danger about? room only shows up in X-Men 3 mm. and is really uh, underwhelming, like, holodeck all, all type of thing. Um, yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a fantastic introduction for, to the world. Uh, one thing I like is, and it, it's, it never actually transfer, transferred to home video presentation. Uh, you have to, you need a really good surround system for that. Is when Wolverine escapes the uh, sort of the medical bay of the ex basement after almost killing Jean Grey, mm. uh, like oh yeah, the void, the Professor X voices. Yes, that was so fun when you're in a movie theater. You're like, oh, well, mm. go over there, go over there. Like you could, like, it was so, mm. a pretty fun experience. I also noticed one thing is that. Uh, Wolverine almost has in this film to an extent in X2 but in this one they do sort of hone in on oh, he's 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 feral he has like you know he can hear very All the well senses. And, he, and he can smell things like they don't do that very much after that anymore they don't pay, uh, like it, it's never stated that he has immense senses and or strength actually because they they f- focus mostly on his skeleton and his healing mm. factor but in comics, I think he has an end strength and uh, uh, senses. I remember, like it was a uh, his bio says, enhanced like uh, hearing and smelling, hmm. which uh, it, it's never stated, but it's shown visually because they focus on his nostrils. And he's like, oh, Sabretooth is there. I smell, I smell his aftershave, right? Or his breath. His breath. It's <laughs> bad bio. Yeah. Oh, another great little moment near the start that again. Uh, sort of the, almost the horror film aspect is when poor um, Marie and her boyfriend uh, give it a go oh. and uh, just like oh, oh Jesus Christ what is going on here? The, the, the tragedy of the, the rogue character put your hands on the heater I'm not gonna hurt you kid it's nothing personal it's just that when people touch my skin something happens what I don't know they just get hurt. Fair enough. And now that she's going to be in the MCU, they can actually give her Captain Marvel's powers. For emergencies only, okay? <laughs> can I borrow those? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's... that's uh, she, she is a tragic character. She is a very, very tragic character. I mean, Logan is also to a degree, but I think Rogue has that added burden of... of quite literally, never being able to uh, enjoy what so many of us as humans need, which is the human touch. Uh, she can never have that. No. Otherwise, she will kill you. Wolverine is PTSD. I mean, with therapy and probably some, some medication, he could get over his trauma. Uh, for a rogue, there's no, like, you can't control that power, so you're, you're, you're out of luck. Lady. Mm-hmm. Although I do like... Um, she doesn't just suck your phrasing. Uh, phrasing. She doesn't just take your your powers. Apparently, she takes your personality a little bit too. Because the Jean Grey is like, well, she got through. She had some of your charming personalities. So <laughs> I was like, really? So she takes on the personalities of that person. In, in the what? comics, it's it's it, it's it, it is 
stated that she takes part of the power and takes part of your 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 memories and personality. Like uh, she she kind of goes crazy. I think at times. I mean, I haven't read the X Men comics almost ever. Like I've maybe bought ten, twenty mm. max X Men comics in my life, and I don't remember. I mean. I watch more the cartoon, and I mm. know, like, I, f- I remember one comic where uh, I think it's X Men number one by Jim Lee. At one point, uh, uh, Cyclops get n- gets knocked out, and she performs CPR on him. It might be in the cartoon, and when when he like when he she like after a while, she starts having so she's uh, she's looking in the sky, waiting for the her for his powers to dissipate mm. from her body. She's burning the, but it's it's pretty cool, like visually see her like yeah. not able to control any of the powers that she absorbs yeah because she, she, she's not used to them she 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 doesn't know how to ma- manipulate them mm. that's that's quite uh quite something uh no i i i think anna paquin is also quite good in the role it's obviously a bit more of a uh, maybe a bit more of a reserve performance just because she's she's so lonely there might not be that much expression going on there, but I, but I do think she's quite good she's in it. She's good. And, uh, she's and, good. And the character, you feel, you do feel a lot for that character. There's, there's, the, there's, there's sadness, and she, she, and also, I mean, she's she's a character that doesn't really want to be involved in the like her and Wolverine don't want to be involved mm. in the fight between the Brotherhood and the X Men. But eventually, they have to. Like Wolverine, because like the only person he cares about gets kidnapped, and her, they're gonna, the the Brotherhood's gonna kill her just to achieve their goal, mm-hmm. which is to transform. Like there's a sort of a presentation near the Ellis. Yeah, some sort of a United Nations gathering on Ellis Island, and Magneto has. Uh, they never explained where this thing came from, but he has this machine which can morph or actually mutate. Uh, human DNA to uh, what he I think what he believe I think the original intent is to turn everyone into mutants but what we find out with uh, Senator what's his face Kelly that uh, that uh, that might not turn out like that the the human uh, DNA once it's again we're talking we're talking X Men science <laughs> you know once the human DNA is is affected by this machine our bodies actually reject it and we can very easily die but the 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 I don't know the disintegrates the, the, the and yeah. it's disgusting when he turns into jelly oh, that's just, a great scene ugh. again another horror I've, again it's it's not a horror movie because it only happens maybe three or four times in the whole in the whole film but there are these three or four you know the the kiss Senator Kelly Sabretooth uh, the Wolverine waking up and stabbing. It's like this is a horror movie stuff. Yeah, it, is... it is creepy, the body horror type of uh, stuff. Um, yeah. Um, oh yeah, and well, of course, uh, yeah, the, the, that same moment where she's like, and she touches him, and his wounds start opening oh. up. It's like Jesus Christ. It's just, <laughs> it's kind of gross. Are we gonna see that in the MCU? And even even Wolverine when he's trapped inside the uh, the head of the, uh, the 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 tower and he's sort of has to impale himself to get out. It's, yeah, it's cool. just, wow. Yeah, that's cool. It's hey, cool. you lost this, Bob. Yeah. And one thing I I have to mention about the the first movie is uh, that is different in the trailer than the the, the finished projects is uh, when um, Sabretooth to 
grabs Wolverine and throws him, tries to throw him off of the 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 the, the statue, and then Wolverine grabs <laughs> yeah. the edge of uh, sort of the, the crown mm. with his claws and manages to like do this weird turn that you're like, what the hell? In the trailer, if unless I'm mistaken, I think I rewatched it and I was like, that's not that's not a, he grabs and, and you know, sort of he grabs it with his hand. He doesn't grab it with his claw. It's cooler with the claw. It's cooler with the claw, but it it I that that's the thing about the marketing and the movie. The movie was so rushed that I think for the trailer they didn't have the effects completed, so they probably shot it a couple mm. different ways and used the one that uh, this looks good enough for the trailer. At least the final film had a shot of Wolverine hooking around <laughs> the crown. These days, it would be like, where was that in the movie? It was that was the money shot of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it, it's great and and. You know, we have these two great elder statesmen in 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 Eric and and Charles or Magneto and Professor Xavier, if you will, played by McKellen and and Stewart, and they're great actors. They've always been great actors. They continue to be great actors. But by God, is that ever great casting? Again, I, I go back to the prequel series, and it's like it's good cat. Everybody playing those roles is an excellent actor but none of them are as good as the original cast i got the you know? the the gravitas of age their older mm. statement and when you cast 30 40 something they don't necessarily have the baggage like you ca- you cast the same actors 20 years from now and be they'd be they would be a little bit older a little bit grayer a little bit more word wary and mm. you'd, you'd you'd probably feel the same as you do about mckellen and stewart Maybe. it's just that some are, they're, they're way too young and McKell- uh, McKellen, uh, Magneto, uh, he is that great villain insofar as, you know, the, the most fascinating villains are the ones that they're on the wrong, they're not on the wrong side. What am I trying to say? I almost said they're on the wrong side of the right fight. It's the right fight. They're going about it in all the wrong ways. But the fight is the good fight. He's fighting the good fight. So that's what makes him such a fascinating villain. He's a nut job. But at its core, anybody be like, of course, you know, we should respect one another. And yeah, there's a lot of discrimination going on. But you're a cray-cray. What are you doing, you know? As the trailer marketing said, trust the few, fear the rest. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very good. He's... uh, He's quite, I mean, Professor Xavier is great. You know, you, it's very, very difficult to go, go, go wrong with Patrick Stewart in almost anything, except maybe apparently <laughs> the Star Trek reboot. <laughs> uh, not reboot, but continuation. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say as, as, as solid as Stewart is, I don't know, that almost sounds like a backhanded compliment for an actor as great as Patrick Stewart, but as solid as Stewart is, like, wow, Ian McKellen. Wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. and McCullen is—he's—you know—he's not the the comic book Magneto because they would have cast like a 40, 40 something, uh, like muscle bound. Wouldn't that suggest that the Eric Lencher in the comics is a lot younger than the? Uh, I think his powers keep like you know the explanation is that oh the powers keeps them young. Okay. Like we, the the magnetic hurts core, like that they, they, they always BS there always because I mean that's X Men science. There, there there's uh, apparently a comic where like 
Magneto and the Red Skull kind of meet during World War Two, and there's a series of like I'm like I don't I, I don't want to read that. It's just like it, it's it's too much in the comic universe. Because I'm betting you I'm know not, it more than me. I, I'll try and answer. Well, it. We should have asked Emery, but in the comic universe, is Eric Lencher a child during World War Two? Yes. Okay. But yet they made a comic when he and the Red Skull meet. Anyways, whatever. Well, the Red Skull was in World War. Also War. a child. No, but it w- was. Uh, was uh, the, oh, the, Eric is a child in World War Two, and he meets the Red Skull. Yeah. I thought he. I thought he was like Magneto in World War. No, II. no, 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 no. No, no, no. Baby Magneto and okay. real Red Skull, the Red. Don't talk. Like I, I can't explain the Red Skull more than he's a Nazi. Yeah. Well, I think by like the fourth film, we can't even really explain the X Men movie timeline, anyways. <laughs> so it's like... uh, but in this in this film, like I like the uh, in the confrontation when Wolverine uh, tells Magneto if he if he's so self righteous, he'd be the one in the the machine, not the girl, and Magneto mm-hmm. just doesn't answer, just flies away. A little bit too much pride to admit to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I do like the twist, though, where everybody, well, why does he want Wolverine? What, what is he going to do with the Wolverine? No, it's, it's, it's Marie because she has that ability to suck the powers. And, and, and Oh, and it's funny because the toy, If I remember the toys. Like I, I'm a toy collector. And there's two things um, in, in, on the toy for the sort of playset with the Magneto sucking. The, the, the person, the character. Magneto sucking? The, <laughs> the, the, the character that's in the sort of the, the, the wheel, the mutation machine, is not uh, Marie. It's actually Wolverine. That's sort of making you think that in the movie it's going to be. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. In, in uh, The toy had Wolverine, but in the movie it's, it's Marie. But also there's a scene. And, uh, you know, I remember reading... Uh, an interview. Uh, I, I don't remember the name of the uh, the guy uh, who was in charge of the X Men. I, m- I remember, but like, it's one of the producer. He, he was the head of Marvel at one point, and uh, I don't like Stan, Avi Arad. Stanley. No, no, Avi Arad. He said that when they made the movie, they were in, in, instead of doing it the, the way that uh, Warner Bros. did for the Batman movies, just like we're gonna shove as many toys in the movie. Uh, so we're gonna give Batman a Batmobile, a mm. Batcopter, a Bat Jacuzzi, a Bat Plane, a Bat Bus, a Bat Shaving Cream. Like they, they weren't trying. Like Bat especially shit. Batman and Robin. I think they're they 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 have a fight with Poison Ivy, and the following sequence they have brand new vehicles, brand new costumes, just so they can sell toys. In this movie, they tried to find places where they can like mm. toy toy toyify mm. the sequence and one that sticks out to me uh, each time I'm, I'm watching that movie the first time I watch it I'm like oh this is this is this is just to sell a toy it's the bar no 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 <laughs> it's when Wolverine uh, decides to go and stop uh, Murray from leaving by bus he steals one of Cyclops's bikes and he's on the bike and he's going oh. pretty fast and he pushes a button a oh, button what? and it's like Whoa! And he's sort of smiling. It's a little odd. A little odd. They sold the toy of that bike. Oh yeah. 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 It's a bit of a. I and the I wasn't aware of the toy, but I, I did the moment felt a little bit. It's strange. They, they, they had the weirdest action figure. All the the, the ladies had voluptuous curve. Like I remember the prototype for Jean Grey had like she had like giant gigantic melons, melons, and like deep cleavage. I don't think the final toy came out that way i know mystique had like the weirdest pause but she's like 
she's she has the sexy pose but they sort of try to add articulation and that she had like a swinging arm action okay. feature and she um to mimic her duplication or, or, or power she had a little wolverine outfits you could put on and it was just a weird yeah it's a it, google that mystique wolver 2000 action figure you just it, it is the most bizarre toy you've ever seen yeah the pose is very yeah she has you know, mind you rebecca roman stamos was was uh very very much god gifted but yeah that toy definitely has some assets <laughs> that's the gene gray even from where you are because you're about a meter from where you are for me uh you can probably see that, that she's wearing she's not wearing that outfit stunning that is that is not a child's toy <laughs> no it's, it's oh and it's the, oh my god and i i don't i didn't remember the uh, the accessory that uh, came with her it's uh dying uh senator kelly <laughs> like okay. it looks like a worm Which it's is disgusting because he doesn't die with her he dies with storm yeah it's so, bizarre and he looks like a sex toy um in the movie too in the f uh, fleshy like disgusting <laughs> sex toy um so yeah that's the <laughs> that's the first how long have we been going one hour oh so segue soon to the x2 i do want to highlight though the contest between wolverine and mystique in the oh museum. the fight that is fantastic that was that was extended because uh, from what I read, like it, 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 like it closes, like the, the, he closes the door, and the next thing you saw is Wolverine, like knifling. Like it, they extended that fight; it was much shorter initially. But, but like I said, the the Fox executives at one point did make some good decision. Extending that fight is probably one of the better decisions they've made because it's a fantastic fight. One of the iconic shots in the movie for me is in that fight after. I guess Mystique shuts. I'm going to assume it's Mystique who's shutting that door. No, it's Wolverine. It's Wolverine he, shutting the door. He claws at. Uh, well, both, but Mystique looks like Wolverine. So now I'm wondering well, which, which one of them is closing the door. But uh, one of the iconic shots is when they're in the little room with the, with the red light, mm -hmm. which looks cool. And she sort of like, whoop, like flip kicks him, jumps on a higher, on a, on a thing. And the camera looks up and she sort of poses maybe that's why the toy does that but she does that pose after kicking the shit up over and that's like for me that's like whoa this this bitch is for real also the the, the, the shot she, she she jumps she starts wolverine she morphs into oh mystique. that's a great shot that's that was that's a great that shot. was that's a great shot and also one shot where they're actually the entire shot, like they, that's her that fight's a great shot but but they like they, they have she, she 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 tries to like throw a chain at him and at one point they they they're like really close to each other and they're like eh, posing mm. and it's just great mm. shot or when you know Hugh Jackman playing Mystique does the little <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. meanwhile you have the other fights which are completely oh, terrible <laughs> terrible with, with uh, Storm and Cyclops it's three against one and two of them are incapacitated are rendered useless because one one gets it's not thrown over on their face yeah, or the f f yeah, phlegma or whatever. Ugh, disgusting. What I, I, I've since I, I, I mean, we're recording this on a Saturday night. I watched X two late Friday. I watched X one late late Thursday. So I haven't had much time to think about it, but I have been trying to re reason, like, what, 
why do they train at that stupid school? I, do they just harness their powers and they don't have actual combat skills? Because Storm is like walking on the second floor and Toad jumps up and she just does like shoots out her arm like that. It's like, what is that going to do? You dumb, dumb fight. <laughs> I don't know. Create lightning faster or something. <laughs> like I said, it's, it, <laughs> the fights get better, which each successive for the amount of money that they have for what it, the movie is, which is a medium sized budgeted movie about super powered people. It's all right. I, I honestly, I, I, I got my, like, I got my excitement with the Wolverine Mystic fight, the that like the Ray Park Storm Jean Grey Cyclops. Cyclops is completely useless in that movie. Mm. He does nothing. Well, doesn't do that much more in the next one. He does <laughs> no, less in the next he one. He does less in the next <laughs> one. Um and I, I kinda like I wish they did like I know it's not like that in the comics, but for for, for a movie I wish they had like him and Wolverine and more of uh buddy cup situation mm -hmm. like because the straight lace guy with the sort of bum i wish they had that but they they really hate each other and it it's not like funny hate, they really hate mm -hmm. each other i don't know hate but there's certainly a strong discomfort yeah there's that. not especially like i i wish they th their relationship would warm it like i because they never really does it never does oh, and i'm like because i, 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 I kind of like cyclops because Cyclops. like cyclops uh, I, I don't think he's like that in the comics anymore because apparently he cheated on Jean Grey with uh, the White Queen or something. I don't read I don't read comics anymore, but that's one of my... For me, it's like shocking. Sorry. For me, it's like shocking. Like, Cyclops Scott cheated on... Jean, Jean. Grey. Yeah, and I, I think she's still dead. Come on, uh, bro. But yeah, it's Fanka Jensen. You can't cheat on that. Yeah. It's uncheatable. It's uncheatable. She's going to squeeze you in between her thighs and kill you. It's not with her mind. It's going to be with her thoughts. <laughs> pick, pick your poison. Uh, but yeah, uh, but in my mind, he's he's sort of the Superman. He's sort of the mm. and mm. Wolverine. I don't know. I I don't. I I. It's not the relationship I want for for these two guys. I want them sort of. Uh, I I respect you. I kind of like you, but sometimes you're. I I think you're a dork. Although I do very much. Well, there's a little moment, just a tiny little. No, two. Sorry, excuse no. me. Two. Where uh, they're both, it's both at the museum before the Mystique fight and after the Mystique fight. Um, where you know Wolverine gives the, the finger, detector, gives the finger, and and Scott chuckles. I do like that. And, uh, that's the thing. I, I I wish they'd like like eventually. I think in the movie they Scott kind of warms to Wolverine, mm. and but Wolverine never warms to Cyclops. And then there's at 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 the after the conclusion of the Mystique fight, where they're not sure if it's the real Wolverine, and where you're a dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey hey. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. And I, I love, uh, it's James Marsden. The, uh, it's an actor, like, he never got, uh, like, a part, like, he's always, like, a character actor, mm. but he's... But he's good. He's a good character yeah, actor. Yeah, he's a good, like, he's in uh, Enchanted, which... He's very good in that. Uh, he's, he's great in that. that. And he was in, in Superman Returns. Which is a Brian Singer film. Yeah. I don't remember anything about that movie. The, good for you. Not a detour we'll be doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, no? Why? Aren't we talking about maybe doing Superman? 
I don't remember having that conversation. <laughs> well, the only reason we did Batman is because in the early days of the show, we couldn't shut up about Batman, despite the fact that it was a James Bond hey, podcast. Su- Superman, like, there's a lot of Superman alumni in those movies. Uh, the, the Bond alumni in those Superman movies. <laughs> what um, are you, some kind of doomsday machine <laughs> boy? Kneel <laughs> <laughs> yep. before Zod. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've pretty much... I, I don't have a whole lot else. Actually, one thing. Oh. One thing. The, the final piece of this detour puzzle, which is Michael Kamen. Uh, I absolutely adore the score to this film. I love it. And my the highlight for me, going back to earlier, I was saying, well, what anchors this film emotionally? It's the Marie and Logan uh, friendship. The, their love, their platonic love uh, is... That relationship has its little theme. It plays at the tail end of the climax, and it, I let the credits <laughs> roll because I wanted to listen to the score as well. And it comes back during the end credits. It's the very, um, it's not a flute traversière, but it's a sort of a flute. That's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful piece of work. And I've always remembered that from the very first time I saw the film. It's one of my favorite scores, actually. And I think Michael Kamen does an absolutely incredible job. Um, well, I liked it more than I did in the past because uh, uh, I've uh, I've came... Like, back then, I didn't. I hated that score, to be honest with really? you. Really? I did not care for it. I thought it was atonal. I thought it was boring. Interesting. But, I mean, like many things, you grow up your opinion and taste expand and i recognize it's rich with team with character it's not because back then i think i was expecting dun, 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 a, a memorable team but that's not what they're going for this in this movie they're not going for i'm a superhero x-men dun, 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 dun. they're not going to sort of do that in the second one. Oh, the second one they the, the the deeper they goes into the um the the, the 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 franchise they try to get a team they never you know they never got any anything better than Like, it's it's a shame because even the although I didn't see the last Spider-Man movie, but even the movies eventually realized, yeah, Spider-Man's theme is like they realized bum, that, bum, bum. but the X-Men movies never. I, to I do don't that. think they had like I, now. I think they're all under the ABC Disney umbrella. I think that, that now they actually. Uh, B- Disney owns all the uh, the X Men cartoon catalog now, okay. so maybe we'll Don't get that whenever there. Are, but think they should like it's it's hard to dis to dissociate unless you not everybody's watched that cartoon, but if you're of our generation and you did like comic books and you did like X Men, you probably did watch that cartoon. It's extraordinarily hard to <laughs> dis- distance that that music from the X Men. I could you could. I could buy an X-Men comic today and if there's an action scene and it will be like playing in my head you know it's like 
that's yeah it's to their advantage i i would say they did it for spider-man and i hope they whenever they you you want a more colorful more exciting visually x-men franchise make make that their team not don't don't try mm. and redo what singer did mm. make it more exciting visually and more marvel mcu-esque and Although tonally, I, I very, I think we agree on this. Tonally and story wise, I think we very much appreciate what this first. Oh, I, has, I, so. I, I, I loved it because an hour and forty five minutes. Like I'm not the biggest X Men fan. Like I knew most of these characters. I knew that uh, Saber Toad had this big rivalry with uh, Wolverine. I knew Toad probably had some backstory. Mystique, oh, she's actually the mother of Mo Rogue and blah blah blah. Even a minor character like Senator Kelly has much more to do in the comics than he does in the movie he doesn't die like uh, become a schlub uh, in the comics uh he turns out to be like a major recurring x-men villain but it's an hour and 45 minutes mm. and you're you're not talking to an audience that is accustomed yeah. to spider-man to captain america iron man not not back then anyway no back then i mean the the the, the craziest super movie was Batman and Robin, and yeah. that was miserable. Yeah. I mean, you, people had trouble believing in one single superhero. Now you throw six, seven characters with superpowers. In 2000, you, you got to make it. It's baby steps. Mm. It's A lot of people, the whole Marvel phase, because I know DC and Warner Brothers have their own thing, and there's Batman 89, there's Superman 72. Um, but with respect to Marvel, I know a lot of people go back to that first Sam Raimi film, and it is a great movie. But I think you sort of have to go back to the the Brian Singer. Oh, you have to go movie. back. That that yeah. that's that, without question. I mean, the the the, the seed of the X Men movie uh, of the Mar MCU is the first X Men movie because Blade. As much as people talk about that movie, it is a pretty. It's a good movie. Cool. <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> it's a, it's a great movie. But you tell you tell my dad that it's a comic book movie. Yeah, no, nobody exactly. knows. No, to, to people, it's a super. It's not a super. It's a horror action movie. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I I love Blade. You know, uh, I I'm in semi retirement from the MCU. But when the Blade movie comes out, I'll go see that. Yeah, I'm not uh, subscribing to Disney Plus to watch their show. Oh, it's a show. No, no, it's not a show, but they have a bunch of shows they announced. There's a She-Hulk show. There's a Nick Fury show coming. Uh, there's yeah. One Division. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Don't Text care. me when Blade comes out. Subscribe. <laughs> I, I do like Blade. Um, but uh, yeah, back to X1. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much... Um... Not pretty much. Uh, we can close the chapter. Oh, wait. I'm. Hold on. I'm receiving a message via telepathy. <laughs> this is Matt Nito. <laughs> do you have people everywhere, Charles? My old friend, we do have people everywhere. Just cling to hope. They're not all bad. Um, my Patrick Stewart is... I'm too young. I don't have, I don't have that voice. Uh, well, we have www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, which is also the Tumblr account. Uh, we're on YouTube. Search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe. Uh, obviously tickle us with the thumbs up button bub <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, check us out on uh, anchor.fm we're hosted on anchor for free we thank them for their services of course uh, Facebook our Facebook page search for the James Bond Complex we're on Twitter at the Bond Complex and of course Instagram at the James Bond Complex and as for listening to us whether well, Spotify uh, there's Google Podcasts 
And of course, iTunes, search for the James Bond Complete, subscribe, uh, rate, uh, rate a review, no, write a review, scribble something, and uh, give us, uh, claw your way to a five-star golden, glowing golden gun review. Um, we're both online a little bit individually. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Edgar Chapu, S-O-S. Matt O'Claire, 007, with Matt, with not one, but two T's. Two T's. I was actually, uh, I, I was walking somewhere and I did hear that SOS song that, that oh, I always think of. But I, and, but I didn't pick up on who was singing it. <laughs> but I did hear it. It's a thing. I know this song exists. SOS. Yeah. But um, anyways, so <laughs> just as James Bond always returns and just as often the X-Men return. We will return. We are the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood of You Britain. won't be safe. Give them time, Eric. <laughs> we have to believe in them. <laughs> You're lost, Eric. Come back to us. Charles, don't stand in my way. I'm looking for a friend. Go on Facebook. Go on Facebook. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue this on Facebook. <laughs> Um, you're trying to read my mind, Eric. Uh, uh, Charles. Um, so what comes after? Merci, toujours un plaisir. À la prochaine. Arigato matane. Hasta la proxima. Uh, au revoir. Ciao. Ciao. Bye, Lou.